In the previous episode... Chronic pain is often directly connected to your body being in chronic inflammation. Whether it's joint pain or muscles or bones or just aching in your body, all too often that is a sign from some part of your body that's saying, I'm hurting because I'm inflamed, I'm agitated, I'm distressed. Food is not a miracle cure-all for everything, but it is amazing how much less pain people can feel when they get out of that chronic inflammatory state, which by the way is what's necessary to be able to respond to illness effectively. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Los Calzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. On today's episode, we're going to talk strategies you can use to support people with autoimmune conditions. If you're a health practitioner who really wants to help people to get well, not to just cover up symptoms, not to just apply protocols, whether nutritional or pharmaceutical, we are doing a live event that's just right for you. It's called Functional Nutrigenomics in Clinical Practice. And it's all about how you can learn the genetic testing you can do with people to help you to personalize their diet and lifestyle plans. And when you put that together with your typical really great functional history and lab testing, you're gonna have all you need. So join us for an online virtual event that you can attend from anywhere. It's June 2nd to 4th, 2023. And you can get there by going to nesliveconference.com. That's nesliveconference.com. And we'll also put the link on the show notes page. When it comes right down to it, you don't need different strategies for all the different types of autoimmune diseases. You need a framework that works to rebalance the underlying causes of autoimmune imbalance. A couple of years ago, I taught a three-day practitioner event called Mastering Autoimmunity. On it, I shared my framework for reversing autoimmune disease. On our episode with Dr. Terry Walls, we shared the dietary guidelines she used to reverse her own progressive multiple sclerosis and what she uses with her patients and the students she teaches in her programs. No matter what the diagnosis, you can manage most autoimmune conditions in a similar fashion. There are certain things you must do when I teach these to our NEPT students. Today's guest, Dr. Tom O'Brien, is the author of the best-selling book, The Autoimmune Fix, and creator of Betrayal, The Autoimmune Disease Solution They're Not Telling You, which is an online docu-series on autoimmunity. He's also an internationally recognized and sought-after speaker, very sought-after, hard to get him, (laughs) and workshop leader specializing in gluten and its impact on health and the development of autoimmune diseases. Some people call Dr. O'Brien the Sherlock Holmes of chronic disease and metabolic disorders. He holds teaching faculty positions at the Institute of Functional Medicine and the National University of Health Sciences, and he's trained and certified tens of thousands of practitioners around the world 
in advancing understanding of the impact of wheat and gluten on the development of autoimmune disease. So, Dr. Tom, thank you so, so much. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you, Dr. Rita. It's always a pleasure when you and I can team up and carry a message out together. Absolutely. And Dr. Tom has been on many of our events, uh, in-person ones before COVID and now on the online ones. And it's just always a joy um, to have you with us because you're so full of information and you're fun. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) So I have a bunch of questions I want to run by and feel free to take us off track of my questions if you come up with some other things that you think we should be making sure that our audience hears. Our audience are practitioners, health and wellness practitioners of all types, you know, doctors, nurses, health coaches, osteopaths, naturopaths, chiropractors, etc., who are interested in helping people to really get to the root cause of their health problems and not just slap on band-aids, you know, in the form of pharmaceuticals. So I wanted to start with, yeah, and you relate to all that as well, because that's the kind of people you teach. So I wanted to just, you know, start out with how did you get interested in autoimmune disease? You've been working on this for so long and written a book and done the docu-series and written a number of articles. So what prompted this? Well, you know, it's a natural progression that When you know that the National Institutes of Health tells us that 14 out of the top 15 causes of death are chronic inflammatory diseases, that the only one that is not is uh, unintentional injuries. Mm -hmm. Everything else is a chronic inflammatory disease that eventually takes you down. So it's easy to say When we go down in life, whenever that is, it's going to be from a chronic inflammatory disease. Something just gives out. It's too worn down. And when you accept that as the primary mechanism, then the question becomes, where does the inflammation come from? Mm -hmm. And when you're asking the question, where does the inflammation come from? you always end up, it doesn't matter how many studies you read, how many great studies, you know, nights and nights of reading late at night and then the next day, another study, another study. It always comes back to the same mechanisms. That's why I so very much agree with how you started off the welcome here and said, it doesn't matter what disease you get. It it really doesn't matter. These basic principles apply to them all. And they need to be recognized in order to arrest the development of a chronic inflammatory disease. So just in reading the science, it leads you right away into this whole world of chronic inflammatory diseases. And when you think of that, when you think of inflammation, what's inflammation? Inflammation is the result of an activated immune system. Now, Mrs. Patient, your immune system is just the armed forces in your body. The Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. It's just there to protect you. We call it IgA, IgG, IgE, IgM, innate immune cytokines. It's just trying to protect you. So so the question always comes back. What is it trying to protect you from? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you have rheumatoid or psoriasis or Hashimoto's or celiac, uh, it, uh, scleroderma, uh, alopecia areata. It doesn't matter. It always comes back to the basic mechanism is where is the inflammation coming from? 
So in looking at the immune system, as I did, I would see there's always an autoimmune mechanism going on. It's not, not just a cytokine storm, which has happened so much in this last couple of years with the viruses we've been exposed to. It's not just that, but really the long-term degenerative process is occurring because your immune system, trying to protect you, is attacking your own tissue. And that's an autoimmune mechanism, attacking your own tissue. And some authors define autoimmunity as, a, as an immune system mistakenly attacking your own tissue. It's not a mistake. And when you start to understand it's not a mistake, and you then ask the question, well, why is it doing this? Then you start explore, exploring, where is it coming from? In addressing where is it coming from, I want to bring us in touch, and I know you've talked about this many times, uh, our friend Professor Alessio Fasano uh, at Harvard. He's the director of mucosal immunology at Harvard. That means the lining of your lungs, the lining of your brain, the lining of your gut, the lining of your reproductive system. He's the director of that department. He's the director of the Celiac Research Center. He's a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School, a professor of nutrition at Harvard School of Public Health, the chief of pediatric gastroenterology at Mass General at Harvard. This guy's got five titles. Any one of these titles is a lifelong goal for someone at the top of their field. He's got five. And he published, he's always so careful about what he says uh, because he can be misquoted. He published a paper two years ago that says it all. All disease begins in the leaky gut. The role of zonulin, that's the protein that gets activated with leaky gut. The role of zonulin in the development of chronic inflammatory diseases. Now, 14 out of 15 of the top causes of death are chronic inflammatory diseases. And here we have the chief of pediatric gastroenterology at Mass General Harvard, professor of medicine, Harvard Medical School, teaching the medical students that there are five pillars in the development of chronic inflammatory diseases. And if you understand these five pillars, you understand where the inflammation is coming from. And the key to all of those five, the five pillars are genetics, the environmental triggers you're exposed to, creating a imbalance of the good guys and the bad guys in the gut called dysbiosis. That dysbiotic gut creates inflammation in the gut that creates number four, a leaky gut. And with the leaky gut, you get these larger molecules going through into the bloodstream before they're supposed to be able to. They're called macromolecules. Now they're in the bloodstream and your immune system says, what's that? That's not something I can use to make new bone cells or brain cells. I better fight that. So the immune system gets activated to fight this macromolecule. That is systemic inflammation. And whether it's a bacteria that comes in or a virus that comes in or a food molecule that comes in or an environmental chemical you're exposed to that comes in, your immune system trying to protect you is going to start fighting these molecules. And these molecules bind onto our own tissue. For example, just Google BPA and thyroid. And here come the studies how BPA can bind to the thyroid so your immune system, trying to protect you, attacks that BPA thyroid molecule 
So you damage the thyroid tissue with that, and now you make more antibodies to get rid of the damaged thyroid tissue, and that's great, that's there to protect you, but you're being exposed to BPA every day, So, and if the weak link for you is that it binds onto your thyroid, you make these antibodies to that complex, that neoepitope, that BPA thyroid neoepitope, and the collateral damage to your thyroid tissue, you make more antibodies to your thyroid tissue every day, and this becomes just a cycle, and here comes Hashimoto's thyroid disease. And it doesn't matter where the tissue is. It doesn't matter. Wherever these macromolecules or environmental chemicals they bind onto in your body, your immune system trying to protect you is going to go after them and try to get rid of this foreign cell that's not supposed to be in the body. And that is a primary mechanism in the development of autoimmune diseases. So let me stop you there, okay? Because this is really critical to understand that the, when you said earlier, it's not by mistake that Correct. the um, immune system is attacking our tissue. It's because it's perceiving it, it's doing its job. It's perceiving that tissue as dangerous because there's this foreign molecule attached to it. And Correct. then we get the autoimmune attack. And so when you describe that, it makes total sense why it doesn't matter if it's Hashimoto's or Crohn's disease or celiac disease or Sjogren's or any of the other autoimmune diseases. We don't have to really know in great depth each of those and each of the mechanisms. We may in some cases, but what we need to do is help to put these fires out. Is that right? Exactly correct. Exactly, exactly correct. Here's an example. You know, arguably... The most well-known antibody that suggests there's a autoimmune mechanism going on that's not really clear what it's about yet is called the ANA antibody. ANA antibodies, anti-nuclear antibodies. Well, why would your immune system attack the nucleus of your cells? Which cell? Any cell. Why would the immune system attack the nucleus of the cell? Because that's where so many of these environmental chemicals like mercury go. They get inside your cells and they don't just hang out anywhere. They burrow deep down into the nucleus of the cell. And so you might make anti-nuclear antibodies, which is a general antibody, not specific to one disease. Many autoimmune diseases will have ANA antibodies elevated. Now, between 1988 and 2012, a 24-year period, the number of people with elevated ANA antibodies in the U.S. went from 22 million to 41 million. Now it's at over 60 million people have elevated ANA antibodies. And what does that mean? It means that we're being exposed to more and more people are crossing a threshold of how many chemicals they're being exposed to that are being stored in their body. And the result is you're making ANA antibodies. And that's a starting point. Then depending on where else those chemicals are accumulating, you make, uh, here's an example. They did a study in 2016 where they looked at 346 people that had elevated ANA antibodies, but they were healthy. 
They had no physical complaints. They didn't have any elevated antibodies to their own tissue. That there, there was, they, they were healthy. They just happened to have elevated ANA antibodies. Within three years, 87% of them were diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Wow. 87%. Huge. Which means that the ANA antibodies, which are so common and so many doctors say, you know, let's just watch this. We'll check it again for you next year because you seem to be fine. They're just, they've got to wait and see because they don't know what to do. And the wait and see is to wait and see, do you get Hashimoto's? Do you get Sjogren's? Do you get lupus? Do you get alopecia? Do you get psoriasis? Because then they'll have a medication that they can use to help suppress the symptoms. This is very similar to what we see with metabolic disorders, right? We see, let's just wait till you have diabetes and then we'll give you a medication. Let's just wait till you have a disease and then we'll treat it with symptom suppression as opposed to real cause. Whereas these things can be used, so many things can be used as early warning signs that then we jump in and say, okay, what are the causes? What are the environmental triggers? What's happening in the gut? And and on and on. So uh, it, it, it makes me yes. mad. Yeah, yeah, me too. And that's why I get worked up sometimes when I'm on stage or in these interviews, you know, is because when healthcare practitioners hear this, and if they can just follow the line of thinking, the conclusion for every person is, that makes sense. I should look into that a little more. You know, my hope is when people hear me speak that they're skeptical, they're really skeptical, but not cynical. Skepticism means, I'm not sure I buy what you're saying. I'm going to look into this a little more. Great, great. Just read the science. Cynicism means, ah, that's a bunch of hogwash. I'm not going to waste my time with it. And unfortunately, so many of our doctors who have been out in practice for a while, they will embrace that second approach because it's so threatening to change the paradigm that they've been operating under for so many years. And this completely changes the paradigm. There is just a uh, wonderful, wonderful article that we recommend that all of our healthcare practitioners read. And I'm going to read the title of the article to you uh, because it's free online. You can download it. Approach to patients with unexplained multimorbidity with sensitivities. And the author is Dr. Stephen Genius, G-E-N-U-I-S. Approach to patients with unexplained multimorbidity with sensitivities. And he talks about no one comes in with just one complaint anymore. You know, it's extremely rare unless it was trauma. You know, you Mm -hmm. break an arm. Uh, But people have a list, a symphony of symptoms. And where's it coming from? And he talks about the amount of environmental toxins that we're all being exposed to today and even in our food. Let me give you an example of environmental toxins in our food. This is so, this was embarrassing. I didn't know about this. Uh, This paper came out in 2019 in the Journal of the American Medical Association and our friend, Dr. Joe Pizzorno told told Mm -hmm. me about it uh, earlier this year. And I said, I'm embarrassed, I didn't know this. They looked at a number of couples who were going to assisted fertility centers 
to help them get pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy and delivery. And as we all know, you know, when, when a couple's going through that, it's very traumatic and it's tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, so in this study, oh, by the way, in, in this study, in the Journal of the American Medical Association, the editors of the study wrote a comment and they said, this is an elegant study with sophisticated biomarkers. Now, Dr. Rita, how many times have you seen the editors of JAMA make, making a, a stamp of approval to a study like that? Wow. I mean, that, that just doesn't happen. But they did in this study because it just rocks your boat when you read this. And what they discovered uh, in these couples at Assisted Fertility Center, the only thing they compared that was different, they ruled out all other factors, and they were just looking at those couples that ate completely organic and those couples that ate completely conventional fruits and vegetables. And they divided both categories into fourths, the lowest, the second, the third, and the highest fourth, or the highest quartile, for conventional and for organic. And then they compared the two highest quartiles, the highest fourths. So those eating the highest amount of fruits and vegetables that were conventional from the local supermarket, and those eating the highest amount of fruits and vegetables organic. If you were eating the highest amount of fruits and vegetables that were conventional, you had an 18% less likelihood of achieving a pregnancy after spending tens of thousands of dollars. 18%. Huge. But here's the kicker. If you did get pregnant and you were in the highest quartile of eating conventional fruits and vegetables compared to those in the highest quartile of eating organic fruits and vegetables, if you did get pregnant, you had a 26% less likelihood of a live birth, meaning you had miscarriages and stillbirths if you were eating the highest amount of conventional fruits and vegetables. Wow. That just dropped my jaw. That's jaw-dropping. It is. And that's not even looking at all the rest of the exposures as well. That's exactly right. Just looking at those who were trying to be healthy and eat fruits and vegetables, but they were buying the conventional fruits and vegetables. There are so many chemicals on our food today that were not there 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. They just weren't there. Humans do not have the resources to deal with these minute amount of chemicals that accumulate in your body to the point to where one out of four people lost the baby after they got pregnant at an assisted fertility center. They had a 26% less likelihood of having a live birth. I mean, that's killing babies. my, my jaw drops with that. Wow. And I'm using that as an example of how we are all being exposed to toxic amounts. It's the volume of these. Well, there's, there's not that many chemicals. I can't smell any chemicals in my bacon. You're right. You can't. You can't. And there is, no, there is no evidence that the amount of toxic chemicals in any food that you eat, there is no evidence anywhere that those chemicals are harmful to the human body. There is no evidence. You can't show me a study. There is none. But what the industry is conveniently ignoring 
is that these chemicals accumulate in the body. And when they accumulate, now you get toxic amounts. I'm going to give you another study. In 2016 in Chicago, they took 360 something, I don't remember the exact number, 360 something pregnant women in the eighth month of pregnancy. And they did urine analysis for five phthalates. Phthalates are chemicals used to mold plastic. Uh, One of them was BPA and four others. And they divided the, the results once again, into fourths, the lowest fourth, the second, the third, and the highest fourth of phthalates in urine in the eighth month of pregnancy. They then followed these children of these pregnancies for seven years. And when the children turned seven years old, they did Wexler IQ tests on all of them, the official IQ tests. Every child whose mother was in the highest quartile of phthalates in urine in pregnancy compared to the children in the lowest quartile of phthalates in urine and pregnancy for mom, every child whose mom was in the highest quartile, their IQ was seven points lower than these other kids whose moms were in the lowest quartile. Seven points. That doesn't mean anything to anyone until you understand a one-point difference in IQ is noticeable. A seven-point difference in IQ is a difference between a child working really hard getting straight A's, and a child working really hard, getting straight C's. That child doesn't have a chance in hell of ever thriving and surpassing all goals in in his brain function. Now just go to Google and type in phthalates and neurogenesis. Here come the studies that phthalates and higher concentrations inhibit brain cell growth nerve growth. So moms who are in the highest quartile of accumulated phthalates over years in in their body, their babies, their brains didn't develop properly. That's the effect when these things accumulate in your body over time. But there's no evidence that the phthalates that are in a bottle of water, when you buy plastic When you buy spring water in a plastic bottle, there's no evidence that the amount of phthalates in there is going to be harmful for you. They're not. They're They're not. not. There's no evidence that the lid on a Starbucks coffee cup and the steam from the coffee condenses on the underside of the lid and the condensed uh, liquid drips back down into the coffee full of bisphenol A. And you put that coffee cup up to your lips and the hot liquid hits the underside of the lid, tapers down into the opening. You drink the coffee full of bisphenol A. There's no evidence that the amount of bisphenol A you're getting is toxic to you. It is not, but it accumulates in your body. And that's why we're seeing every autoimmune disease right now going up between 4 and 9% per year. Every single year. 4 to 9% a year in this last decade. That's huge. It's because the, our bodies are accumulating so many toxins the immune system trying to protect you is just going haywire. And these are just, so you're mentioning like three different toxins that you mentioned. When we think about how many toxins the average person is exposed to before they even make it to work in the morning, right? Between the stuff in the paints that are outgassing and their carpets that are outgassing and the hand cream and the shampoo and the shaving cream and the food and the Starbucks and the you add all this stuff up and you can't, even if, you, even if one single chemical 
you couldn't see a, a cumulative effect. Look at the number. And that's, that's where exactly the studies right. are not really looking at. And that's people exactly don't right. have a chance. That's why, you know, uh, since 1984, uh, whenever, you know, I buy a car, uh, yeah, every three, four years or something, I get a new car or something like that. Um, I buy a negative ion generator for it and I plug mm -hmm. it into the cigarette lighter. I throw away the, no, I, I put the cigarette lighter in the glove box. So when I sell the car, it still has it. But I plug in a negative ion generator. It costs you 40 bucks on Amazon. But the negative ion generators, they make the, the particulate matter in the air get heavy and it falls down and it lands on the dashboard and it looks like dust or it lands on the floor, on the carpet, but it's not in the air and you're not breathing it. And it's all of those little kind of things, you know, that's why on our website, the dr.com, you know, forward slash plant, if you go there, you can download the handouts from NASA on houseplants absorbing toxins in the air. Up to 74% of the toxins in the air with two six-inch houseplants. So wow. we give you the list of the houseplants and pictures of what they look like. Oh, I've seen those before. And you get two six-inch houseplants in every room of your house, you know, because they absorb so many toxins that are in your home environment. And, you know, the people that say, well, you know, I don't have a green thumb, they'll die. Then you buy more. Buy more. You know, <laughs> right? You know, the idea is you just do the little things. Yeah. that are going to help protect you and your family from the incredible amount of toxins that we're all being exposed to. And then you just start learning a little more. You know, you listen to more of Dr. Rita's podcasts and attend her events and read my books and read her books. And you learn a little more every week. And in six months, you've learned so much. You're, you've reduced the toxins in your environment dramatically. And that's the only way I know that we can survive this escalating rampage of autoimmune diseases. I love, I love the simple thing like that, because a lot of times, you know, we talk to people, get, a, get an air purifier and you need like three for your house because it's big enough. And that those are expensive, but houseplants yes. are not, right? right? So those simple things, even if you can't do the big thing, you can't have an all house filter, you don't have, you know, the ability to do that. The small things accumulate, just like the toxins. The small positive right. things accumulate. That's and right. it's that addition, addition, addition that makes a difference. You know, the, one of the most absorptive houseplants for toxic chemicals in the air is called mother-in-law's tongue. Mother-in-law's tongue. <laughs> I've seen these. Yeah, mother-in-law's tongue. That, it, you know, these, these, these leaves just shoot straight up. And to a point, and they're in the pot. There'll be five, 10, 15 of those just shooting straight up. They absorb so many toxins, and they are no brainers to take care of. You water them like once every three weeks, and they're really happy and they thrive, and they'll just absorb the toxins in the air and they generate oxygen at night. So, you know, you've, you've your bedroom, we've got them in the bathroom, we've got them in the living room. You just get the small steps like this. You get glass containers instead of plastic containers in your kitchen. And right. you get organic nail polish that's phthalate free. And you just learn, and, and your cosmetics are phthalate free. And you just start to learn this stuff little by little over time. And you're absolutely, it's the cumulative effect of all these little wins. You know, that's why I always sign books the same. Base hits win the ball game. 
because it's all the little things you do that make the difference in the big in the big term. Absolutely. So this has been awesome. I mean, we could go on for days, right? Talking about all these pieces. Yes. And I think that we've hit we've hit the the high points, right? We've hit the the gut, right? The leaky gut. We've hit the toxins in the environment. We, you know, we could go on and on about stress and you know the, the the sympathetic versus parasympathetic dominance. I mean, there's so many things that affect autoimmune. And when I practitioners will say, "Well, I've never heard of." blah, 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 itis, that this new person came in. I don't know if I can help this person. I said, first of all, it's itis, right? It's an itis, right. It's an itis. You know how to handle itises. And it's likely an autoimmune condition. And here's the framework. You teach that in your book, in the, the Autoimmune Fix. It's an amazing book. Get it. We'll have links to Dr. Tom's resources on the show notes page. Um, But the book is just like step by step. And if you're working with people who have autoimmune conditions, and they're overwhelmed, and they're like prednisone and this drug and this experimental drug, and who knows what, this is the way to help them is with those small wins, cumulative, identify the obstacles, identify the things that are getting in the way. And then one by one, you remove them. Yes, exactly right. There is one more topic I'd like to touch base on quickly if I sure. can. Mm-hmm. And that is, and you know, people are saying, well, how do I heal the leaky gut? And how do I do that? How do I do that? Tell me how to do it. Tell me what to do. I want to know right now. I want to know it all. There's no way to learn this in an hour or in a weekend or in a week that it's so overwhelming because it threatens how we've lived our life so far and thinking what we were doing was okay. You know, because you're going to look around your bedroom and you're going to look at the curtains now and realize they've got plastic in those curtains. You know, there's, there's fibers in there or there's flame retardant chemicals in the curtains. You're going to look at your nightstand and you're going to realize if it's not solid wood, it's press board and it's soaked in formaldehyde, which is outgassing into the air all the time. And you look at your carpets, and if they're not wool or cotton carpets, they're synthetics, and they're outgassing PCBs into the air all, all the time. And it's just so overwhelming. You, know, you just have to take it step by step. And the recommendation is one hour a week. You just take one hour a week to learn a little more and apply a principle like I'm going to order glass containers for the kitchen today. And you go online, you know, in my book, I give you three URLs to go to, Miles Kimball and Amazon and some other one. I don't remember the other one. And, you know, you oh, those are okay. And, oh, I like those. And you order three round ones and two square ones and one for the pie and you pay the credit card. It took an hour, but you're done for the week. You're done for the week, you know, because you've got a busy life. But next week, same time next week, you allocate one hour a week to do one more thing. Okay, I'm going to make a list of the house plants. So next time I go shopping, there's a nursery right next door to the uh, supermarket, and I'm going to stop by the nursery, but I need to make the list of house plants. So I'm going to download that list. And, you, and that took a while, and then you just put it in the glove box of your car or your purse, so you've got it next time you drive by a nursery. And then next week, you do one more thing. And then next week, you do one more thing. And in six months, you've dialed this down. And so my message is be kind to yourselves. Mm. Just be patient. We all want it yesterday. You know, we want it now. And, but this one, 
changing lifestyle habits uh, and embracing the change of lifestyle habits just takes time to find what works for you and your family. Awesome. That is great advice because as we work with our clients, they do. You can see the like <laughs> the deer in the headlights look, right? Like, I got to do that, and then I got to do that, and then I got to do that. And I'll forget it. I'm just going to go order pizza, have a beer, and sit on the porch and smoke exactly. a cigar. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been super helpful. Um, the autoimmune fix uh, should be in everybody's library, every, every practitioner's library minimally, but every person's library who has any hint of autoimmune disease in your history. But most people are subject to this if you're not careful because this stuff is surrounding you. It's in your food. It's in your water. It's in your air. It's in your cosmetics. It's in your home care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on and on and on. So we need to take away the toxicity. We need, it's not a, um, we're not in the mode of having a deficiency of, de of various drugs. We don't have an aspirin deficiency. We don't have a prednisone deficiency. What we have is an excess of these exposures that the body just can't handle. And then it, it doesn't do what we want it to do. And I love going back to what you said earlier on. The immune system's doing what it's supposed to do, Right. It's not right. gone haywire. It's doing what it's right. supposed to do. We just got to get right. those things out of its way so it doesn't have to protect ourselves so much. Yeah, so so if, I'd love for reducing. you to leave. Keep reducing. So I think, you know, what you just said, is there any last thing you want to leave our practitioners with to help them support their clients in, in autoimmune diseases? Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, really important. And, and practitioners do not like this when mm -hmm. I talk about it. You need to walk the talk. Yay. Don't tell people to do stuff that you aren't going to do yourself. If you've got Tupperware in your kitchen and you're telling people to get glass containers, shame on you. So <laughs> Good for you. you know, excuse, yes. excuse me, but walk the talk. Do it for yourself and realize how hard it is. And then you will find the way to be successful at just taking baby steps. Well, you know, I'm, I'm the doctor. I can do this. And you go home and you're just overwhelmed with all this and you don't do it. And, and then you go in the next day and tell people that they're supposed to do it. So walk the talk and experience how difficult it is to change your paradigm of what you buy in the supermarkets. Well, organic, you know, yeah, once in a while I'll do organic. No, you can't do that anymore. Everything needs to be organic especially if you're diagnosed with a disease. Everything needs to be organic. And that's, I, I felt I was so guilty of thinking the way I thought 10, 15 years ago. Well, organic's good whenever you can, you know, but it's not that available. Well, no, it is available. You just have to look. You have yeah. to look now. So yeah. f as practitioners, please, 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 just allocate one hour a week. Just do it. Do it for a month. Uh, commit to do it for four sessions, once a month. And notice at the end, oh, that's right. I'm so glad to have these glass containers now, you know, and I wouldn't have gotten around to it before. Or, or whatever it is that you implement, the house plants, or what, whatever it is that you implement of the simple things to do. Please, please, please do it yourself because then you can look your patient in the eye five months from now and say, no, no, Miss Fa I had a really hard time with this myself, you know, I was trying to do too much and I just got overwhelmed. So when I slowed down and I did one hour twice a week or one hour a week or one hour a month, but just consistently when I did it, 
And over time, it made a big difference. And my family is much healthier now as a result of it. That's awesome. So my next step here is the house plants. We used to have lots of house plants. We moved a couple of times. The house, the plants died, and uh, I'm going to go get a bunch of house plants. I'm going to fill Yay. my house with them. I've got them in the garden. Yay. I've got the garden growing, so I've got the organic yes. produce out there. I'm going to do the Marvelous. house plants. So thank you for that inspiration. I love it. So we're here wrapping up with Dr. Tom O'Brien, author of The Autoimmune Fix. We've been talking about autoimmunity. We've spent a lot of time talking about the toxins in the environment and how we can avoid them and help our patients and our clients to avoid those. Autoimmune disease is in chronic epidemic right now. We're, we're focusing on infectious disease as the epidemic. The real disease, the real problem is these chronic diseases that are really at epidemic proportion. And there's things that we can do about it. So the good news, preventable and haltable, right? We can stop it in its tracks. We can prevent it from getting worse. And then do the right things, we can help people to reverse it. You just need to know how to um, identify the underlying causes, apply a step-by-step framework, step-by-step removing the toxic exposures, removing the stressors, and allow the immune system to get back to working the way it's supposed to. And so the more you guys master the art of teaching and empowering patients to use the power of food and environmental changes and lifestyle changes to restore health and balance, to hormones, body function, the immune system, all of it, the more success you're going to have in your practice because people are going to go, oh, that person over there knows what they're doing. I need to get their help. So when you empower them, right? Yeah, that's what we want. We want to empower more people to get these changes. May I give one more more point? This is another another article I think is a must-read because it changes your paradigm. First, I'm going to set a context. Professor Yehuda Schoenfeld is the godfather of autoimmunity. And what I mean by that, it's not some cutesy title. Uh, When I interviewed him, 26 of the PhDs in immunology who received their PhD from Professor Schoenfeld at Tel Aviv University in Israel, 26, there are many, many more, but 26 chair departments of immunology and med schools and hospitals around the world. They're his students. And they went to, to Israel to get their PhD in immunology to study under him. So he's the godfather. He published a paper uh, two months ago. Uh, and the title of the paper, it's once again a free paper. And uh, uh, please get it and read it. Gluten-free diet can ameliorate the symptoms of non-celiac autoimmune diseases. And they did a literature review, and he said that 65% of the patients got better on a gluten-free diet, and this was confirmed in 79% of the studies. So as they looked at all of these studies and all of the patients and they saw how many people got better. And not, this was non-celiac. The most common autoimmune disease was uh, thyroid disease, then psoriasis, then inflammatory bowel diseases. But the list that he's going to talk about of patients getting, not everyone, not every single one of them, but so many of them, you can't ignore this, multiple sclerosis, autoimmune hypopituitarism, autoimmune thyroiditis, 
spondyloarthritis, idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura, antiphospholipid syndrome, autoimmune hepatitis, primary biliary cholangitis, primary sclerosing cholangitis, IgA nephropathy, amenorrhea, rheumatoid arthritis, Addison's, Raynaud phenomenon, vitiligo. I mean, the list goes on and on. Wow. Diabetes, myasthenia. This is from the godfather of autoimmunity. This is the most respected researcher in the world on autoimmunity, telling us that 79% of the people got better on a gluten-free diet because it's such a common environmental trigger creating inflammation. So if you get this article and you read this article, you then, if you haven't been on board about the dangers of wheat in the past, hopefully with some skepticism, you read this from the godfather of autoimmunity, you say, wow, I need to learn more about this one. And you understand how wheat is such a common food triggering the inflammatory process and eventual chronic inflammatory diseases. Well, I thought we were going to make it to the whole thing. I was just thinking, we haven't talked about gluten and wheat. <laughs> and here we have it. We can't get off a conversation with Dr. Tom O'Brien and not talk about, about gluten. Right. So thank you That's for right. putting that in there. It's, it's an environmental toxin. I like the way you put that. And all of these yes. environmental toxins and all these dietary toxins and all the things your body just can't handle. We have to help people to get rid of these. We can't just look for the magic bullet, the magic herb, the magic nutrient. We've got to help them from the core level. So I thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Um, guys, go out to the, the reinventhealthcare.com forward slash immune and download the immune system guide. There's a little spot on there where you can click in and ask questions. We're going to do a show with question and answer. So post that there. And keep doing what you're doing. Keep helping these people you're helping. Learn, 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 learn. And until next time, shine on. Thank you for listening to the Reinvent Healthcare podcast. Join the movement of practitioners that are guiding people to actually get well rather than covering up their symptoms. Connect with us at reinventhealthcare.com to access resources and tools that will empower you to create a thriving health practice.